Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Jason McGay. Good morning, everyone. Are you blessed? Yes, you are. You know why the Bible says you're blessed? Even if you don't feel blessed, guess what? You are. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. You know me. I like to get right into the Bible. So turn with me in your Bibles, please. Philippians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Yeah, flip to Philippians, please. And chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. I really like this verse. I mean, there's a lot of verses I really like, but I also really like this verse, these two together. So let's read them together. This is the Amplified, so there will be a lot of extra words in comparison with the translation you're reading out of. Starts out like this. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my absence, but much more because I am absent, work out, some people just cringe at that word alone, work out, cultivate, yeah, cultivate, carry out to the goal and fully complete is what the Amplified means by that word. Work out, your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling. I'm going to skip down to 13 now. It says, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while at work in you. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Both to will, or I could say both to want to, both to will and to work. Other translations say to act. For his good pleasure, and satisfaction, and delight. Now, sometimes people read that and they think, oh, according to God's will, and some people have an odd idea of what they just, oh, God's will. You know, like that's like such a labor-intensive, you know, dreary sentence that they have upon them, that they have to do something according to God's will. But let me tell you, there is nothing better than doing the will of the Lord. Amen. So I really enjoy this verse, but I want to talk to you about it from perhaps a different perspective than what I've shared with you before. And I want to talk to you about how God works in our lives and talk to you a little bit about that. I've always been very, very fascinated with, um, well, I like reading biographies of different men and women of God that we know about. And, you know, I like reading about, like, for example, John G. Lake. And as much as I enjoy reading the story, the, the miracles that God worked through him, like some amazing, miraculous things, as much as I really enjoy that, I like the backstory. I like reading how God took him from where he was to where we know him to be today. I like reading about that. 
Because what it is that fascinates me is seeing the hand of the Lord in the life of a person, working and transforming and guiding and directing the life of a person. You know, most of us, we have ideas and plans for our lives. Most of us don't just wake up and go, well, what am I going to do today? Every day of the week. Most of us don't do that. Maybe on the weekend you do that. But most of us don't wake up and go, what am I going to do this week? You know, do I go to work? Do I eat? I don't know, maybe. What do I feel like? And just live however I feel in the moment. Most of us have some sort of idea of what we're going to be doing. Now, you know, some of it might be because you have to, right? You don't work, you don't eat. So, hey, I got to go to work. So, you know, there are things like that where we, you know, have to do certain things. But most of us don't live in a place where we just get up and do whatever, whatever we want. To. You know, I think I'm just going to sit at home in my pajamas today and, you know, watch nine hours of Star Trek. You know, most of us don't think like that. No. <laughs> Maybe some do on the weekends. But, you know, most of us don't think in that. We have, we have some sort of idea as to what's going to happen in our lives from day to day. We have some sort of a plan. And then there are others that are a little bit more, they like to plan more. So they've got their month mapped out. They've got their calendar set for the rest of the month. You know, we're going to have these people over for dinner, or we're going to go to this event on this day, and, you know, or, you know, Saturday morning we have a routine, we clean the house, and we do certain things. Like, we, we have certain routines and patterns, and we, we schedule our lives accordingly, because we have a certain goal in mind at the end. We have a certain standard of living that we want to maintain. And then we have plans for the future. We think about, you know, in the future, I'm going to go do this. You know, maybe next year we'll go on that you know, vacation and we'll go to Italy and France and Greece. And maybe we'll do that next year, right? Yeah, there, <laughs> there. <laughs> Thanks, love. <laughs> Hallelujah. You notice I'm not saying no, right? Yeah, yeah, very good. So we have plans for the future. We think, you know, in 10 years from now, I want to retire and I'll move over here. And, you know, this is the house I'm going to buy. And we, we have plans like that. All right, I was just talking with Norm about some plans like that yesterday. We we're having a good conversation. So we're talking about, you know, what do we do with our lives? What is it that we want? What is it that we desire? What is it that we want to accomplish? Some people have different ideas. Some people have ideas about accomplishments in terms of business. You know, I want to grow my company to this level. You know, I want to be able to do, uh, do also, I want to have these sorts of investments. I don't want to multiply my portfolio by 15% in the next one year or two years, three years. We have all these different financial plans. We have life goals. We have, uh, people have a variety of different things that they have in mind as to what do I do with my life here on the earth? Because time is limited, you know, and so we figure out what's the best way to spend the time that I have doing the things that I want to do according to my will. I'll just let that one hang out there for a minute while I take a little sip here. According to my will. Now, for you that maybe haven't been in church a whole lot, you realize what I'm getting at there when I say, according to my will, I'm referring to the fact that, hmm, as believers, we're not really supposed to be living according to our own will. 
Do you have one? Absolutely. Did God give you one? Yes, he did. The thing is, is that sometimes we fail to see that God's will and plan for our lives is much greater than our own. And even at times, we hear certain promises from the Bible, and we recognize that, you know, God wants me blessed, He wants me healed, He wants me, you know, set free from bad habits, he, he, and He does. And we hear selectively His will, as long as it fits into my life. I want to be healed. Who, do, who here wants, you know, terminal illness? Anybody? <laughs> Nobody. I don't see anybody raising their hand for terminal illness. Right, we want to be well in our bodies, right? Yeah. Does God want you well in, his, in your body? Yeah. Absolutely. He paid for it. So that is his will. And we tend to receive things from God's will as long as it lines up with our will. That tends to be the way that we go about. He wants us to be prosperous. Does he not? Does he want you begging for scraps? No. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper financially. He wants you to prosper in your work environment, in what it is that you're doing. He wants you to be blessed and to prosper. This is true, right? Absolutely. Yes, amen. amen. Absolutely. You know? And it's really easy to stir up a crowd and, uh, of church people by telling them everything that God wants to do for them and say, yes, God wants to bless you. Yes, amen. God wants to heal your body. Amen. And people get really excited about that. And that's okay. Yes, it is. It's absolutely okay. Because he really does love you. He really does want to take care of your life. He really does want to meet all the needs that you have. In fact, he already has before you knew that you had a need. It's already been met by him. And so we can accept that and say, this is wonderful. This is great. God has done so many wonderful things for me. You know, even when we think about salvation... I'm going to say that this way, and, and hear me out. Don't, don't, don't throw stones right away, you know. Give me an opportunity to explain myself. But a lot of us got saved for selfish reasons. I don't want to go to hell. I, I, I don't want to go there. God, help me. Right? And, oh, thank goodness he... he Save me. Who are you still thinking about? You. Now, again, he did that because he loves you. Before you knew that there was a hell, before you knew that you were in trouble, before you knew you were lost, he sent his son to die on a cross and be raised from the dead for you. In your place, to save your soul, save your life. He did that well before you knew that there was a problem. You were just going about minding your own business, doing whatever you felt like you wanted to do, living your life the way you wanted to, and realizing there's something missing, there's something ain't right, and trying to fix that and, and find ways to fix that. And then you realize one day, no, there is something more, there is something better, there is something that solves that, that, that difficulty on the inside of me. There is something there. That is Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And then you get saved and you come to church and you hear about all the things that you need to do and you set about doing those things and thinking about how that fits into your life. Now, let me tell you, there is something greater for us than us doing our own thing. It really is. 
Like I said, I, I like reading stories about how God has used people in times past to do something miraculous. And it's tempting to just kind of look at that and go, that's great for that person over there. Thank God for them. And we can do that, you know, we tend to do that sometimes. And, you know, respect the man or woman of God that God has used mightily, and that's good for them. That's what God's called them to do. And kind of leave that over there, and then be really happy and grateful when that person comes around and we get an opportunity to be in a service or be near them or have them minister to us, and then God blesses us, and then we're good. But... Perhaps the plan of God is bigger than just our own lives. Perhaps. <laughs> yes. That's right. His plan is so much greater than our own lives. It really absolutely is. So when I'm reading stories about men and women of God that have done something, what really stands out to me is how God has taken an interest in that person and how they, they go about doing something and they make a decision. Sometimes it costs something. Sometimes they have to leave family behind in order to go out and do what God's called them to do. And they hear that. And this person goes out and makes, steps out in faith, believing that God will direct them or supply or, or meet their need in some way or bless their effort or whatever it is that he's called them to do. And then to see God come through. I was talking about John, John G. Lake, and there's a, a part of uh, this, his testimony that you might think is a, I mean, it's, in, it's neat, but in comparison with the miracles and the things that God has done through him. I mean, I don't know if you know much about his life or, for, or Smith Wigglesworth's life, or I'm naming some popular names here. But there are, you know, there are things that he did where, you know, praying for people and the dead get raised, right? Eyes growing in where there were no eyes, like miraculous things that God would do. Driving out demon, demons from people that were possessed by them. All sorts of miraculous things healings and wonderful works, and that's wonderful. But one of the things that I really enjoy is talk, it was his story about how he knew God called him to Africa. So him and his seven children and wife get on a boat. They get on a boat, and it's not like today. This is 100 years ago, so uh, it's a little bit different then. It takes like a month to get to your destination, right? It's not, you know, an 18-hour flight. It's a month to get your destination, and so he gets there, and he comes into the port, and uh, they start undock, like docking there, and, and he starts, you know, deboarding or whatever you you know what that is, unloading. Okay, getting off the boat. I thought there was a special name for it, but I guess not. Okay. Anyway, he starts getting debarking. Thank you. There was one. Um, disembarking. Yeah, there it is. So you know, he starts disembarking. And realizes that they have to have uh, $200 to officially land in South Africa. They have to have $200. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot now, but 100 years ago, $200 is a decent size of money, right? Now, he had already obeyed God. He knew God had called him to go there. Now, it's, it's no small thing to pick up your seven children 
as there are some that are pretty close to seven children here in our midst, it's no small thing. I mean, if you're going to go, you guys, if you're going to go to the mall, it's a deal. If you're going to go on a trip and you're going to go from one city to another, it's it's an ordeal. And so he took his seven children, his wife and seven children, and away that the way they went. So it's it's and then all of a sudden to realize, wait a minute, I need to have a certain amount, and I I don't have it. I spent what I had to get on this boat. Spent what I had to get on this boat. So um, he also didn't know where he was going to stay when they got there. I mean, you got wife and seven kids. You have to have a place to stay when you arrive. And, I mean, one bedroom might not suffice with a family that size. So you need to know right, there's got to be adequate accommodations here. So he arrives not knowing what the next steps were. But he knew God is faithful. He knew if God called me here, he's got a plan. He's got, he's got provision in that plan. Hallelujah. Right? Provision is in the plan. Just in, in case you didn't know, provision is in the plan. So he, he, yes, it is. So he gets there, and he's standing out there on the dock, and he's thinking, what am I going to do? He's standing in line because he's got to go and pay his $200. He's standing in line and just, thank you, Lord. You know, some of us might be on our knees praying furiously in other tongues. Where's the provision, God? But sure enough, he's standing there, and a man in front of him suddenly goes like this and turns around and says, you know what, I, I just, I was praying, and I just suddenly had this sense that I need to give you $200. And that was exactly the amount that he needed. And so God provided the $200 that was needed for the family to stay there in the country. And, again, accommodations, right? They're still on the, on the dock there, getting their stuff. And a lady comes up to them. Now, uh, John Lake was traveling with another minister and his family. And this lady comes up and goes and talks to this other minister that John was with and says, uh, excuse me, are you the family with the seven children? The missionary family with the seven children? No, they didn't wire ahead and let people know they were coming. This lady just comes up to, and they said, no, actually, but my... My, my, the fellow minister I'm traveling with, uh, he, you know, he's got a wife and seven children. She's like, oh, then that's the one. Thank you. So she goes over to John Lake and says, listen, I just wanted to let you know that the Lord spoke to me. Uh, I have a house for you and your family to stay in while you're here. Beautiful accommodations for him and his family. That is just as miraculous as when, you know, he's commanding the devil to come out of somebody or, causing, or God's causing a leg to grow out or some other miraculous thing that we get all excited about. But that provision, that hand of the Lord. And then you could see over time how God had used this one particular person to be, begin to impact the nation, how he's building churches, how people are coming to the Lord, how... how are being raised up. He planted 500 churches in five years. And, sorry, it was 500 ministers in about 100 or so churches in 500 years. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) I'm going to get this. I'll get this. Five years, 500 ministers, 100 churches. Something along those lines. 
in a five-year period. It absolutely impacted and changed the whole face of that southern continent of Africa. Because God called a man to do something. And that man listened to God and obeyed him, realizing that the plan of God is greater than the plan for his own life. You see, our God is no respecter of persons. He didn't look at John Lake and go, okay, well, he's a great man, so I'll pick him. I'll choose him because he's something great. It doesn't work that way at all. God has a purpose and a plan that's not based on who you are in and of yourself. But God, I'm nobody. But God, I'm this. But, but God, I'm Gideon. You know, like, he doesn't look at those things. Because he's not depending on that. Let me say that again. He's not depending on your skills and abilities. He's really not. He's, you've heard it said this way. It's not about your ability. It is about your availability. Are you available? Are you open? Or are we busy with our own lives? I've also heard it said, I have yet to see what God can do with one person totally surrendered to him, other than Jesus. Because you know what? That's probably what that person's life would look like, Jesus. Because he was the one that was totally surrendered to the will of the Father. He said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. And the purpose of God was so much greater than Jesus just being a rabbi. It was so much greater than Jesus just being a good man. It was so much greater than that, as you and I know, because we are sitting here today, 2,000 years later. It is amazing to see the purpose and the plan of God come to pass in our lives. And often we're thinking about, well, what about this, Lord, and what about that? Let me tell you, he's got that covered. You think, well, maybe I'm not called to be a minister. I'm not called to go out on the streets. I'm not called to do this. And maybe you're not. But you are called to be as Jesus is. As he is, so are we in this world. We are called to be a witness to him. I mean, if people could just, even if, just see Jesus in you, that testimony alone might be enough to secure their eternal salvation. I've seen other Christians, but you know what? I know you, and I know Jesus is alive because I see him in you. Oh, hallelujah. What a testimony that is. You might not be called to go to Africa like John Lake was. And maybe you are. But you're here. And for... And not just because of blessing, but because of God's purpose in our lives. And I'm standing up here and I'm telling you this because God's called me to do this. And there was a time when I wasn't sure about that. There was a time I didn't know that. There was a time I didn't know it. Then there was a time I thought maybe I screwed it all up and that's not available to me anymore. It was a lie. 
and the time, time period that I'm speaking of and was about 2013. And I was just happy I was saved. Because I had lived off in the world for so long, and as you've heard me say many times before, I had lived there for so long, and it was so dark, and it was just so... Jonah in the belly of the whale. You know what I mean? Running from the plan of God. Yep, Jonah. It ain't nice, that's for sure. And so I was just happy that I got spit up on the shore. You know what I mean? Oh, land. uh, Yeah, I was just, thank you, Lord. You spit me up on the shore by that fish. That fish spit me up on the shore. Thank you, I'm just saved. Thank you, I'm in. I felt like, you know, like when you're trying to, you're running to catch the bus and the bus starts pulling away from the curb, and then somehow he sees you in his mirror and stops, and you just get on, and you're like, oh, I'm not going to be late to work today. I just made the bus. I felt like that, like, oh, I'm not going to hell. I just made the bus. He, oh, wow. It's not a bad place to be in if you're wondering. And in some respects, you know, when I say, God, I'm grateful, I remember that. Because I remember that he saved my life. He saved my life. I'm sure all of us in this room that have received Jesus as Lord can say, I'm so glad that he saved my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, I I was thinking about that during that song, grateful. I'm so grateful. Because I'm very grateful for that. it's, It's been real to me ever since that time. It has not worn out. I've not, you know, sometimes memories fade. They don't, the reality of it kind of slips away from you over a period of time. Not this one. That's why I keep talking about it. Because eventually somewhere along the line I'll remember, oh, Jonah, belly of the whale. And now I'm on the shore. I don't care if I'm covered in whale spit and barf. I'm, I'm on the land, praise God. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God he delivered me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank God for that. And I will shout and praise God forevermore because of that. Hallelujah. All of us will. You'll get to heaven, and you'll see how close it was, and you go, oh, woo, glory to God. If it wasn't for him, I, whoosh. Yeah, all of us. All of us get to start there. But we don't all have to finish there. Oh, hallelujah. We might start there, but you don't have to finish there. Because God has a race set out before you that He intends for you to run, and it's the path that He has put you on, and it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Even when the disciples were getting beaten and whipped and thrown in prison, they were rejoicing for suffering for the name of Jesus. Woohoo! Glory to God, the name of Jesus. They wouldn't be doing this to me if they weren't terrified of Jesus. 
If Jesus wasn't real, they wouldn't be treating me this way. I get the glory and the honor of suffering for him. Hallelujah. He suffered for me. I get the glory of suffering for him. Now, most of us don't think like that, but we can. When we realize the value of the time that we have here in this earth. It's a very short amount of time. It goes by very quickly. You look back and you realize, wait a minute, 10 years went by already. How did that happen? I had my plans. I had the things I wanted to do. And here I am today. And yet God, all the long, all the time, has a plan for us that we can walk in. And it's just waiting there. Not too much time has passed. We say, well, too much time has passed. I don't know what I can do now. His plan is unchangeable. Hallelujah. It might look a little bit different on the outside, but it is the same plan. Hallelujah. From start to finish. And all of us can be in that place today. Whether you know it or not, you're at least on the starting line you're at least on the starting line hallelujah you've got a great cloud of witnesses praise God those that have gone before and they're yelling at us from the grandstands of heaven saying run praise God run hallelujah I know if Wyatt was in the building right now or in the sanctuary that's what he would be doing You'd see him tearing around this place. He doesn't care what's going on around him. He doesn't care who's running beside him or not. He's running, praise God. And not because someone told him and made him do it, because he's excited that he gets to. Hallelujah. And he's just going to run. You have to tell him to stop. This is the finish line. Stop here. The race is over. Hallelujah. But for as long as you and I are on this earth, the race is not over, praise God. So let's continue to run. Glory to God with the things that God has put before us. Let's continue to go in the name of Jesus. Let's continue to do the things that he has put in front of us. Hallelujah. And not be ashamed and not be afraid and not get distracted or caught up with all of life's troubles and worries and fears. Let's not be distracted by that. Hallelujah. But let's know for certain that, hey, I might not know the end, but God knows the end. Hallelujah. And he set me on a course. Glory to God. And we're going to discover this as we go. But we are going to run, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You think, well, what is that going to look like? I don't know. Hallelujah. I don't know. But I tell you this, it's going to look like Jesus every time. It's going to look like the, the forerunner who went before us. It's going to look like him. Hallelujah. That's what the life is going to look like. The life that God has planned for you. It's going to look like Jesus. One way or another. Hallelujah. One way or another. You know, one way or another, you're going to be like him. You're like him now. But one way or another, you'll, just, you'll be just like him. What do I mean? We're predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. That is the plan for you, to look just like Jesus. I imagine it this way, hallelujah, and it's biblical. John 3, it says so. In fact, let's turn there. I know you want some more scripture. Let's turn there. You're like, Jason, where? Show me it in the Bible. Where is it in the Word? 1 John chapter 3. Okay. 
starting in verse 1, says, See what quality of love the Father has given us or shown or bestowed on us, that we should be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. Then it says, the reason that the world does not know us or recognize us is that it does not know or recognize Him. Verse 2, beloved, even, it says, we are even now, here and now, God's children. That's, that's right now. Imagine our great and glorious God and Father. Imagine who He Think about who He is. Great in, in power and glory. Holy, pure. Full of love and compassion. Not just full of love. The Bible says God is love. This great one that with his word created everything that you see here. That you can see with your eyes. This one is calling you son and daughter. This one. Now you are his children. And what we shall be hereafter. It says it is not yet disclosed what we shall be hereafter. But we know that when He comes and is manifested, we shall resemble and be like Him, for we shall see Him just as He is. Hallelujah. So you're going to find yourself before Him, and you're going to go, hey, we're alike. One way or another, you'll be like Him. But think about how glorious it will be when you realize that the time that you spent here and now, people got to see Jesus in you. Because you took the time to put aside your stuff in honor of His stuff. And said, Lord, whatever it is that you have for me is going to be better than what I got from me. He loves you. He'll bless you. He'll take care of your life. He's faithful. That's who He is. That won't change. But how much greater to know that your stuff is taken care of, so now you're free to do whatever He's called you to do. And the first thing He's called you to do is be like Him. Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Allow His character and nature that He deposited within you to be what shines through your life. That's first and foremost. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the end of my life to be able to look back on it and see what God has done. I mean, I read about what God has done through others. I'm looking forward to see what He's done through me. And just think, there are things that you don't know. I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? There are things that you don't know. You may have sent a kind word to someone in passing and not thought anything of it, and it might, need, it might have been the very thing that gripped their heart that day and picked them up, put them in front of the Lord, and God changed their life forever because of that. And you didn't know anything about it. You just were being kind. Said something nice, did something nice to someone. Or you could be the one that they call on the phone when there's some sort of medical emergency. 
And they call you because they know that God hears your prayers. And they say, pray for my son, or pray for my wife, or pray for this family member. And they can be confident because they know God hears your prayer. And maybe you could be that one for them. Do you know these things have value, have eternal value? Your stock portfolio does not have eternal value. It changes. Right? But the things that you do in the name of the Lord have eternal value. And you get to stockpile those things up in heaven for you for when you get there. As gifts and honors unto the Lord who saved your life. These things have... Are we believers in this house? Do we know where we're going? Is that real enough to us to change what we do today? Is that real enough to, to impact my decisions today? Because I'm telling you, the things that you can't see, they're temporary. They change. I think if you've lived any time on this earth, you realize that that's true. Like, I've got gray hair growing in here and over there, and my face doesn't look the way it did 15 years ago, and, you know, and all sorts of other changes going on. Things that I can see, they change. They're temporary. But there are things that are eternal. Hallelujah. I am telling you, the Bible is telling you, there are things that are eternal. You know, you give a gift to somebody, like we're talking about the perfect gift, how God is so excited to give gifts. You think about gifts when you give them to someone. And after a while, the novelty wears off. If you have kids, you know what I mean. They're so excited about this. I spent so much money on this last year, and now it's sitting in a closet somewhere. And they're playing with the box, yeah. All sorts of things like that. I mean, it, eh, the novelty wears off the gift after a while, right? Not so in heaven. Not so for eternity. There will be a continual memorial that goes up before God of the things that you did in obedience to His will here on the earth. It'll ring true forever. How do I know this? The Bible says the blood of Abel still speaks because of it cries out for vengeance, but it still speaks. The blood of Jesus cries out mercy, and it still speaks, and it will speak forever. Because of what He did, hallelujah, will speak forever. And in the same way, in our lives, what we do in obedience to the Lord will speak forever. There we go. That one clipped out. Forever and ever. Hallelujah. That's hard to grasp with your mind. So sometimes because your mind doesn't grasp it, you go, ah, I'll know when I get there. It's kind of like I'm going to sleep on the train when I get there. I get there. Ah. We don't want to do that with our lives fall asleep on this train of life and just wake up one day in heaven and go, oh, hey, I'm here. I've arrived. That's not for you and I. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We don't want to be asleep. 
The Bible says, awake unto righteousness, praise God. We don't want to be asleep, sleeping, and the master come and find us asleep. We don't want to be asleep, being dulled in our senses because of the things going on in the world, unaware of what God is doing. Do you know how many people are unaware of what God is doing in the earth? Let me tell you, he's doing something. But do you know what it is? Are you aware of what the Spirit of God is saying to us here and now? Are you aware of what the will of the Lord is for this congregation? Are you aware of what God has called you to do in this city? Are you aware of what God is doing? Or are we asleep? Too busy. Too busy to respond. Well, you know, I just bought a cow, married a wife, bought a piece of land, got things to attend to. I'm busy. I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make some money. I'm going to Wait, what about the Lord? Meanwhile, He's calling. Meanwhile, He's calling you, hallelujah, to something greater. Calling you to something more wonderful than you can imagine. And it takes faith in His calling to step into that and to know it for yourself. Otherwise, it just remains darkness to you. Otherwise, it just remains something that the preacher was shouting at you from across the pulpit one Sunday. When you could know the calling for yourself, you could hear his voice. You've already done it once, otherwise you wouldn't be sitting here. You heard him calling you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You heard him calling. And your heart responded, and you're here today. But that call is still going out. It's like what Pastor Neil was reading from Isaiah last Sunday. And the Lord is saying, who will go for us? Who will go for us? And if we're awake, if we're paying attention, if we're in the presence of the Lord, then we will hear his call and we will go, me, I, I will go. I will go. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I heard, I heard Kenneth Copeland say something along this, these lines. He says, you know what? The will of God is so amazing and so exciting. You know, that if, if the only thing that God ever called you to do in this life, you live, you know, 80, 90, 100 plus years on this earth, and there's one thing that God, God called you to, and it was to take the trash from the house to the curb. That's it. You live your whole life, and the only thing God ever calls you to do is take the trash from the house to the curb on the right day. Yeah. And if that was the only thing He ever called you to do, I tell you this, it would be the most amazing and wonderful and glorious experience that nothing in your life could ever compare to. Can't even compare. Such is the nature and the quality of doing the will of God in our lives. Nothing can compare to that. Everything that you do in this life is man's work when you do it on your own. Everything. You can think, well, I made a ton of money and I did this and I did that. As wonderful as that may be, it pales in comparison to doing the work of the Lord. It's nothing. It's temporary. It fades. It falters. It doesn't last. But what you do for him will last forever. And that testimony will be declaring itself for all of eternity.
what you have done for him. It doesn't have to be difficult or complicated. It doesn't have to be, well, I don't want to go to, I don't want to be a missionary to Africa. You don't have to be. But you do need to do what God's called you to. And a lot of us, we were talking about this in men's group yesterday, a lot of us are waiting for the command, the direction. Where God says, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and have a vision, the heavens open up, and God says, go here and do this. And you go, yes, sir. A lot of us are waiting for that in our lives. I'm just going to go about my life happily, and, you know, when God calls me to do something, you know, then I'll do that. But let me share a secret with you. Much of our Christian life is not by command. We have lots of commands already. But what you do in this earth for him here and now, oftentimes it's not by command. It's by invitation. Like what the Lord said, who will go for us? He didn't say, Isaiah, hey, I'm showing you this because I'm commanding you. Now he does do that. He did that for Paul when he was still Saul. Knocked him off his horse and said, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. Paul's, yes, sir. And he did it. But a lot of us, that's not the case. Who here has been knocked off their horse by the blinding light of the Lord manifesting? And Right? No? Nobody? A lot of us, it's by invitation. But if we're too busy with our lives and we're sleeping spiritually, then we're not hearing that invitation. But it still stands. It still stands. That invitation is there. That call is still there. For every single one of us, that call is there. There is nobody that's insignificant. There is nobody that is, well, too much time has passed. Well, I've made such a mess of my life. All I can just hope is that God just gets me through until the end. There, there is no such thing in the plan of God. You're talking about the almighty creator of the universe, hallelujah, and his plan. So much greater than your plans and my plans. So much greater. So there's, it's not dependent on how well you think that you, well, I don't know, I just don't know the Bible that well. But you know something. Because you're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. You know something. Plant that seed, hallelujah. Let it grow. You know something? God can use you wherever you are, doing whatever you're doing now. He can cause the harvest in your future to come from the seed that you plant today, right where you are now. He's not looking for people that have great talents. You might have great talents. But he's looking for hearts that are available and open to him. You know, the disciples were not talented people. In the sense, I mean, they were probably pretty decent fishermen. But their idea of, I mean, the, what did the Lord say to them? I will Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's on a whole different category. Now, you might have some natural skill and ability, and you probably do. But what he's called you to, you can't do with your natural skill and ability. He's not asking you to. But he's endowed you with skills and abilities that are far greater because they're his skills and abilities. Hallelujah. And what he's called you to do, he's empowered you to do. And you are well able. 
well able to do everything that he's called you to do. Hallelujah. Some of these things we don't see right away because we're looking at it from where we stand today. We look around us and we survey the landscape of our life and we don't see what's going on in the future. But our Lord does. He knows. He knows what's going on. Hallelujah. No, there are things that we do that impact the lives of other people. And sometimes we, we see things from our perspective so much that we don't recognize the plan of God for our lives or the lives of others. So I'll share a, a story with you, a personal testimony, personal story, I should say. And uh, let's just say it is a... Uh, a work in progress. There was a time when my sons did not live with me. And they were being raised in a way that was not godly. They were being raised in a different religion. And I wasn't walking with the Lord at the time when this was going on. And I, like I said, I'd, I got saved when I was young. I was like six years old when I got saved. I was raised in a Christian house. And I did a whole lot of other things outside of the house. But that's how, that's how I grew up. That's how I knew. But at this point in time in my life, I was not living for the Lord. I was in the belly of the whale. That's where I was. And... I had moved across the country, oh, well, almost, and was close enough then to, to my boys where I could see them on a more regular basis. And within a short period of time of moving out there, I was offered the opportunity for them to come and live with me. And that was a very different picture than what had been going on in my life at that, up until that time. So much so that it caused me to wake up for a little bit. In other words... I went, God, I'd been ignoring him for a long time. And all of a sudden I went, hmm, he's trying to get my attention. Because there's no way that this change could have come about if it was not for his doing. See, that's the plan of God at work in our lives. And it caught my attention. And, you know, I mean, I had been running, but I took my Bible with me. That's... It just felt sacrilegious to leave the Bible behind. I don't know. I just, I had taken my Bible with me. It's like a safety line, you know, hanging off the building, you got a safety line. And it was such a thing that I just, I literally thought, okay, you're trying to get my attention. I remember opening up my Bible and starting to read and think towards him and kind of a little hesitant, like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what I will really want to do here. I just recognize that this must be God because this doesn't just happen by chance. And sure enough, those boys came to live with me, and they've been living with me ever since. I've been very privileged and blessed to have them. I thank God for that. And so that was God working in my life, but I want you to hear something else about it. You see, 
one of my sons was in a place where he knew something about God. And he started having, this is during the time when he was living on the other side, and I hadn't moved there yet, and other side of Canada, and I hadn't moved over there yet. He started having nightmares. And in those nightmares, he was in hell. He's a little boy, but he was having nightmares about being in hell. And he was crying out to God, God, I don't want to be here. Help me in his dream. God, I don't want to be here. Help me. I found this out after. Years later, I'm starting to serve 2013 and onwards. I'm, starting, I'm serving the Lord now. We're going to church. My boys are with me. They're reading their Bibles. They're, they're hearing the good news. They know Jesus. And my son tells me one day, yeah, I was having these nightmares. And I realized I had another one of those moments when I realized that it wasn't about me. A little bit. God knew that that little boy needed to hear the gospel because that's what would save him. He heard that little boy's prayer in the middle of the night when he was terrified because of the nightmare. He heard that, moved me across the country, and set it up and changed the hearts of those involved so that he could come and live with me, and then two years later, hear the gospel and believe. That's the plan of God at work in our lives. And I wasn't even following him at the time. Hear the greatness of God's plan. Look back on your own life and look and see. He spoke to me here. He guided me here. It's a wonderful and glorious thing to know that the God of heaven and earth has an interest in your life and is able to direct and guide you. You're looking at your circumstances. You're looking at your life. You're thinking here and now and this and that. What am I going to do? And what's the plan? And how do I go? What's the next decision? You know, am I going to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt? And we're thinking things like that. He's, he, I was have a joke with Alex. He's playing the long game. He's looking way down the line. And that's the plan that we want to be on. Hallelujah. That's the plan we want to be on. It's more than just a benefit plan. There's nothing as exciting and powerful and real and glorious as knowing that you're in the will of God and seeing Him work in you and through you in the lives of other people. Knowing that He's directing, the, the, directing your steps. And it's available to everyone. It's not for the super spiritual alone. In fact, sometimes I wonder about that. It's for you here and now, knowing that the great shepherd knows how to lead you and direct you. He knows how to lead you even when you're, it looks like it's the valley of the shadow of death to you. Well, he knows how to lead you through it. You might think there's enemies around me, but he knows how to set a table before you in their presence and cause your cup to overflow and your head to be anointed with oil. He knows how to do that. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. He knows how to do that right where you are. 
here and now. Praise the Lord. There's no need to wait. There's no need to deliberate. Praise God. There's no need to sit back and wonder. You can know and you can know today. It takes you being available with a little bit of faith and trust in Him. Lord, I don't know your whole plan for my life. I don't have to have it figured out, but I know that you're in charge and you can lead and direct me. And I'm going to go your way. And I trust you with my life. Shalane, you want to come up and play softly for a moment? Now I know what kind of a service this is. But I also know that this isn't just about going to church on Sunday. No, I want to know that I have allowed God to work in me as standing up here to speak to your heart the way that he wants to so that you can hear him and know what he's saying to you right now. Because what he does in your life has eternal value. What he can change in in the middle of your circumstances can last for all of eternity. And it's so important. What we do from day to day, just existing, is really not that important. What really matters are the things that last for all of eternity. And we have a good shepherd, the, the, the bishop and overseer of our souls, the one who looks over our very soul and watches over it carefully. We have him. We are not alone. We have him to direct us and lead us. And there might be things that look like they're impossible to overcome or what am I going to do? I've got a bill to pay tomorrow. Or we might see those things. But regardless of what we see in front of us, we have a faithful Lord who will help us in all things and at all times. And it's a simple matter of putting our trust and faith in his guiding hand, in his plan for our lives. So will you trust him with that today? Will you be able to make that decision, say, Lord, today... I'm going to step forward saying, I I don't know all the ins and outs. I don't necessarily know what's happening tomorrow, but I'm going to trust that you're leading and directing my life. I'm going to trust in your plan for me. That you'll work in me according to your purpose. That you will cause your life to spring forth from within me. I trust you that when I see you face to face, I'll have something that I can offer you, something that'll speak forever. These are the things that matter the most. Let's stand to our feet and have a time of prayer and direct our thoughts on the Lord. And then Shalane will lead us in a little bit of a song. Father, thank you. Lord, I thank you for the goodness of your plan. It is wonderful. It is amazing. Hallelujah. You have saved us. Father, we were in the darkness, and you brought us out and brought us into the light. 
we were confused and didn't know and struggling. And you've brought us into salvation and victory and peace. And I thank you, Father, for the unfolding of that great plan within each person's life. As you, Lord, the good shepherd, lead and direct our souls, lead and direct us all the days of our lives, leading and guiding. As we know what it is to experience the joy of the Lord, as we know what it is to see your plan come to pass in our lives and be just in wonder and amazement at how, how wonderful and amazing you are, how good you are to us. We thank you for the eternal things that will forever speak, the things that we have opportunity to do in obedience to you here and now. And Lord, I thank you for those whose hearts have been touched, who hear you calling them, who hear you speaking to them right now. I thank you for that decision. I thank you for that commitment. I thank you for that yielding and, that, and saying unto you, Lord, yes, I am available, Lord. I will hear you and I will follow you. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W3B1.